express love because God has poured so much of it into us that I find we have a real desire to just pour it out, yeah? So I'm going to share some stories with you this morning. Are you ready to hear some stories? Well, I'm going to hear some test. I'm going to share some testimonies with you this morning. I'm going to just share with you some of the things that Jesus has done in the lives of people that I love and that I know. So I want to tell you a story about a beautiful young woman I know. A friend of mine has a daughter, and she's a really beautiful young woman now. Once upon a time, she was still a beautiful young woman but she was also a force to be reckoned with. This young lady had been through a whole lot of things in her life, so she had a really wounded heart. And, um, and she didn't try and put the mask on like some of us do and hide it. She didn't try and fake it till she baked it, till she made it. When you met her, you would realise that there was a very wounded, broken heart there. So what was in her came out of her. So as she kind of just shared life and journeyed through life with people, she hurt a whole lot of people around her because there was a whole lot of hurt on the inside of her, yeah? So whenever they spent time together, whenever they had family gatherings, whenever they celebrated birthdays and Christmas and things like that, often it could actually become a really wounding time for this lady that I know. She loved those occasions. She loved getting together. She loved being with her family. But it also began to become a bit of an apprehensive time because she was wondering what's going to get said this time. Am I going to be hurt this time? Am I going to be wounded this time? What's going to come out of her mouth this time? So it actually became a kind of really um, apprehensive experience. So going to family gatherings was not the most joyous occasion. It should have been a really joyous occasion. should have been a great opportunity to just love family and spend time together and celebrate whoever it was that they were celebrating, but it often became a really wounding and hurtful time. Then we kind of need like a drum roll. Lyndon, can you do a drum roll? We need like a drum Yeah, then, because this is like the good part of the story. We need like a build-up. So can we have a little drum roll? So after all these years of pain, after all these years of people feeling wounded, then we need like a bigger one, a louder one. Can we do like a louder one? (laughs) Am I putting... Woo, that's better. That's awesome. And then she met a boy. Then, then she met a boy. Then this gorgeous young man. Okay, see, we just had a gorgeous young man doing the drum roll. Then this gorgeous young man came into her life. Beautiful young man, extraordinary young man. And he just loved her and loved her and loved her, worshipped the ground she walked on. You know, thought she was like God's perfect creation. He just radically loved her, loved everything about her. And he just poured that love and poured that love and poured that love into her life, yeah? And you know what? This lady that had once poured out a whole lot of hurt, this young lady that had once often poured out a whole lot of verbal abuse to a whole lot of her family members, started to pour out this love. She became like so kind and so encouraging 
and so loving and she kind of like went out of her way to do beautiful things for people. She was so kind and considerate. It was like she turned into this brand new woman. This incredible transformation just took place in her life because she was now living in this place of love. And you know what? It caused her to shine. It caused her to be totally transformed. And I really believe that's what Christmas is all about. I really believe that that's what Jesus' birth is all about. Because when we get the love of God in our lives, when we get the love of Jesus in our heart, when Jesus just comes and resides in here and does a work in our heart, there's a transformation that takes place. And we become people that are unrecognisable, yeah? Just like that young lady became unrecognisable, when Jesus gets a hold of our heart, we become unrecognisable. The Bible tells us about this transformation journey in Isaiah 61, verse 3. And I love this. It says, God bestows on us a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So Jesus takes ashes... Jesus takes mourning and Jesus takes despair. Who do you think got the good end of the deal here? And we get beauty, we get joy and we get praise. That sounds like a pretty good trade to me. Does it sound like a good trade? The NLT version says, He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair festive praise instead of despair so Jesus life and his love it takes these wounded places takes these ugly places takes these painful places in our lives and he brings healing and wholeness he takes our rubbish he takes our garbage he takes our messiness he takes our woundedness he takes our past he takes all the things that were inflicted upon us and he gives us beauty for that he gives us love and he gives us goodness. What a celebration. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. The Passion Translation, which I did have my Passion Translation Bible, which I got for a Christmas present. I'm so excited. I've been reading it a lot. But in taking our son to the doctor early this morning, it was forgotten. But the Passion Translation says, he heals the wounds of every shattered heart. I love that. He heals the wounds of every shattered heart. So we had a friend in Melbourne. She was a gorgeous young woman. And when she came to church, we went to church with her. And when she came to church, she cried. In fact, every week she came to church, she cried. And for two years and for three years, when she came to church, she cried. And she cried and she cried. And after a while, she actually started to get really embarrassed about it, that she was crying all the time. But you know what? As those tears were pouring out, as she was crying, God was healing her shattered heart. Jesus was healing her shattered heart. Those tears were just a representation of the healing that Jesus was bringing into her life. So for us, we celebrate tears. 
If you want to cry every week, you can cry every week. I'm actually excited about that because that means God's doing something, yeah? So if you want to cry every week, don't mourn for people. Actually celebrate for people because God's doing a work. God's healing their shattered heart. God's taking their brokenness. He's taking their wounds. He's taking their dysfunction and he's bringing beauty for ashes because that's what Jesus does. I have a great friend in Melbourne, Melissa. She's amazing. I've probably been friends with her for 17 or 18 years. And you know what I love about her? That she's been overseas and her and her family have been missionaries and they've travelled to different countries. But we just continue to be friends. And I can catch up with her and I might not have seen her for two years, but it's like we've never spent time apart. And you can just sit and chat and be yourself and pour out your heart and be real and love on each other. So she has been such an incredible gift in my life. But when I met her, she had been on antidepressants for four years. She was like severely depressed. Her mum was severely depressed. Her grandma was severely depressed. There was like a whole huge thing of depression in her family. And she did not have a whole lot of hope. And she did not have a whole lot of promise in her world. So she came to our church and she actually invited Jesus to be a part of her life. She invited Jesus to come in, to get into her life, into her heart. And you know what? She actually got healed of that depression. She got healed of that anxiety, that thing that had been on her family. Through all the generations, Jesus broke. Because that's what Jesus does. When Jesus gets a hold of us, there is transformation. So when you meet her, you would never think that she's the woman that she was 17 years ago. You would never think she was someone that was heavily medicated, had no hope, had no peace, had no joy. She's probably the most joyless person I ever met. You would not recognise the woman that she is today. As Jesus transformed her, Jesus takes people that have no hope. Jesus takes people that have no joy. Jesus takes people that have no peace and he completely transforms us. He turned her into a woman that just loves God passionately and has just pursued the call of God upon her life at great sacrifice with great peace and hope, yeah? But you know what? Jesus didn't just wave a magic wand. (laughs) He didn't just wave a wand and she got healed of the depression just wave a wand and it all happened for her. There's actually a scripture in the Bible and it says that we co-labor with Christ, yeah? We co-labor with Christ. So that means God does what he can do and you do what you can do. That actually means that we're both actively transformed, we're, act, we're both actively participating in this transformation process. So wherever God was doing something, she was there. Wherever God was moving, she was there. She was at prayer meetings. She was at friendship groups. She was in church. She hung out with people that just loved God all the time. Anywhere God was moving, she was there. So she co-labored with him. She co-labored with him. She went after her healing. She went after her wholeness. She read books. She listened to podcasts. She did everything that she could. And then she allowed God to do what he can. Yeah? 
because we're a team. Co-laboring means you're a team. We're a team with God. He works and you works. It's not like one of you kick back on the banana lounge, sipping cocktails and go, thank you, Jesus. Just come and restore my whole life. Come and make it all right. Come and get rid of my depression. I'm just going to sit here, this banana lounge. It's so comfy. And you just supernaturally do everything, God. We actually co-labor with him. We're a team. We're a team with God. We're a partnership with him. He's with us and we're with him. And he's not letting go and he's not going anywhere. He's here for the long run and he's here for our healing. He's here for our transformation. He's here for our joy. He's here for our peace. How cool is that? He's just with us and with us and with us. 1 Corinthians 3.9 in the Passion Translation. For we are co-workers with God, yeah? We're co-workers with him. Or the NIV says that we, um, that we co-labor with Christ, yeah? So we work with him and he works with us. And there is a beautiful transformation. We have another friend. His name's Michael. Because sometimes God does do stuff supernaturally. God always does things supernaturally. It's just the picture and the journey looks different for all of us. So Michael is a beautiful friend of ours. And he had been a heroin addict, a drug addict for a number of years. And you would meet him and his body kind of told you the story. Okay, his body was battered. It was broken. He had teeth that were missing because, you know, drugs suck all the calcium out of your body. He was just... You know, I guess you looked at him and you could see that his life had been torn apart by this addiction. And he didn't have a whole lot of hope or a whole lot of peace or a whole lot of anything in his world. But you know what? One night he got invited to a Bible study. One night he got invited to a friendship group. And he walked into the meeting high and he walked out totally delivered, set free, did not go through any withdrawal symptoms. He had been addicted to heroin for years and God totally healed him. Because God can do that too, yeah? God can do anything. The birth of Jesus represents that nothing is impossible for those who love God. The birth of Jesus just removes all barriers, all boxes, all containments, because God can do anything, anywhere. So I love Christmas. I love celebrating the birth of Jesus because it's all about transformation. And it's not that we have to transform. It's not that he won't love us if we don't. It's not that there's like a prerequisite like, Melanie, I need you to do this and this and this until you're loved, until you're accepted. It's not that. It's just that when his love gets a hold of us, when his love gets deep on the inside of us, just like that woman that became unrecognisable, we become unrecognisable, yeah? When you encounter love that's unconditional, that never ends, that never runs out, we're transformed. Jesus takes the places we don't value and the places we don't love and the places that are hurt and shows us how extravagantly loved we are. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. 
sounds like transformation to me. The NLT says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. So the person that didn't value themselves, that didn't like who they are, that didn't think they had a voice worth listening to, the person that didn't think anyone heard them, the person that doesn't find any value on the inside, God takes that person, makes us a new person and shows us how loved we are. He shows us that we're his beloved children. He shows us that we are loved, no conditions needed and that he loves us with an everlasting love. Jeremiah 31.3, I have loved you with an everlasting love. What does everlasting mean? What does everlasting mean? Does it have an end date? Does it have an expiry date? So if he loves us with an everlasting love, then when does that love stop? When does that love finish? Yeah? So his love just goes on and on and through our pain and through our disasters and through our meltdowns and through our mess-ups and through all of it. His love just keeps going and it keeps going and it keeps going and we get wounded and his love keeps going and people reject us and his love keeps going. People hurt us and his love keeps going. The picture doesn't look how we thought it was going to look, but his love keeps going. We are loved with an everlasting love, a never-ending love. We are loved with a love that endures forever. There is no end to God's love for you. That's kind of cool, isn't it? Because sometimes relationships end, don't they? 50% of society is divorced. Friendships don't last forever. People come into our lives and sometimes they go out of our lives, not always because we want them to. They just stop being a part of the journey. Relationships can end. People's love for us can end. But we have this reassurance with Jesus. We have this reassurance with the Father that no matter what, no matter what, his love is going to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. What an extraordinary love. I was 24 when I discovered the love of God. I spent 24 years of my life. 24 years. It's like a whole long time, isn't it? That's a whole lot of years having no idea how loved I was. Having no idea there was this heavenly father that so passionately loved me. I spent 24 years of my life probably feeling unloved, yeah? Unloved and rejected and, and thought that love was a conditional thing. I spent 24 years feeling unloved when there was this God that so extravagantly loved me. And I didn't really like myself and I didn't really value myself. I felt ugly on the outside and I think I felt pretty worthless on the inside. I, um, I kind of spent my life not rocking the boat, yeah? I was like one of those people that I don't rock the boat, you know? I don't rock the boat. I don't have the courageous conversations. I don't tell you what I really think is if I do, you probably won't like me anymore. 
you know, if things are challenging in relationships, well, we just won't talk about that. We'll just sweep that under the carpet. Because if you say what you really think, people might not like you anymore. They might not accept you anymore. And we don't have confrontations because confrontations generally don't end well. So I just avoided all of those things. I had this amazing joy of being a people pleaser. What a gift, being a people pleaser. <laughs> and when you're a people pleaser, you just don't say the hard things because you fear, have this fear of being rejected. You don't have the difficult conversations. Even when your friends really need you to maybe have that difficult conversation because you love them, you just don't go there. You just don't step into those places. I think I just hated the thought of anyone being upset with me or anyone not liking me. And I realised where I got this from recently when I went to visit my dad in Queensland and I love him, he's a beautiful man. So as I visited my dad in Queensland, his flatmate was telling me a story of a night that they were supposed to go out for dinner recently. So they were going out for dinner at 7 o'clock and at 5 o'clock in the evening, my dad's friend decided to drop in for a cuppa, probably, no, maybe a beer. My dad loves beer a beer and a chat. So his friend dropped in for a beer and a chat and he chatted and he chatted <laughs> and it got to six o'clock and he chatted, got to seven o'clock and he chatted, got to eight o'clock and he chatted, got to nine o'clock and he left. Now my beautiful dad said nothing. <laughs> Said nothing the entire time. He didn't tell his friend he had dinner plans. Didn't tell his friend, listen, Yana and I have booked the restaurant. We're going out for dinner at 7pm. He just said nothing. He said absolutely nothing. Because he didn't want to rock the boat. Yeah. So I realised after that conversation where I may have got some of that from. <laughs> so I guess what I've experienced over the years is that God has taken me on a transformational journey, yeah? I haven't arrived and I think we're continually on a transformational journey, but he's actually shaped me into a person that knows I'm loved and I know I'm accepted and I know I'm his daughter and I know that I'm his beloved because the Bible says that we're his beloved and beloved means dearly loved, darling, dear, dearest, Precious, adored, much loved, favourite, cherished, treasured and prized. So it's a term of endearment for someone that you love. And you know what? That's who God says I am, but it's who he says you are too. Yeah? yeah. So now because I find my value in him and what he thinks about me and what he says about me, what other people think doesn't matter so much anymore. I still want to be loved and accepted, and we all do, and that's a really healthy thing. But if I'm not loved and I'm not accepted, it's actually okay. Yeah? Because at the end of the day, I'm passionately loved by Abba. Hmm? So I'm able to speak up when I wouldn't have before. I'm able to have courageous conversations that I would just would have let go before. I'm able to, um, to say things that I never would have been able to say before. But always in kindness and always in love. So I guess 
as we go on the journey, I'm becoming unrecognisable from the person that I was before. You can ask my husband. I'm very courageous in having conversations <laughs> that need to be had. He gets to have lots of courageous conversations with me. Because I know I'm loved. I know he's for me. You know, when others reject me, I know he still loves me. I know he loves me and he loves me and he loves me and he loves me because he showed us in the gift of Jesus Christ, yeah? He showed you in the gift of Jesus Christ. He showed me in the gift of Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that Jesus came to reflect the Father, yeah? Jesus was a perfect expression of the Father. John 14, 9 says, Jesus says, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The Passion Translation says, How could you ask me to show you the Father? For anyone who has looked at me has seen the Father. So as we celebrate Christmas, yeah, as we celebrate Jesus in 2017, I just want to remind us of this gift we have of Jesus Christ, that we have the hope of the world, we have the love of the world, we have the peace of the world, we have Jesus who has revealed the love of our Heavenly Father to us. Jesus' birth and his life was always about revealing and expressing God's passionate, never-ending, everlasting love for his people and his desire to take us on a transformational journey. So we are new creations with new beginnings, joy for mourning, praise instead of despair. Because that's the life that he's called us to embrace. That's the people that he's called us to be. And we have had the privilege here this year of actually seeing people go on an incredible transformational journey. We have watched you be transformed by the Father. We have watched the love of God get deep inside your heart and seen God take each and every one of you on such a beautiful journey. So Christmas and the birth of Jesus is all about celebrating that journey and rejoicing in that journey and being so thankful that God's taken us on a journey and not left us as we are, that we have this gift of love that makes us feel so secure and so safe and so loved that we can go on this incredible journey of transformation. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We'll see you tonight. We can't wait to celebrate with you again. We just love you and adore you and we're so thankful that you journey with us together and let's continue to journey into 2018 with um, incredible transformation and love. Amen? Amen. Have a wonderful day.